0: You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. We're here today with Jonathan Kristall. He is the author of What They Don't Teach Teens, Life Safety Skills for Teens and the adults who care for them. Jonathan has spent his career as a prosecutor, so he knows the criminal justice system, and he was looking for a book about what he needs to teach his own kids about how they need to deal with police when they're getting stopped and questioned by police, how they need to deal with things like sexual consent, what are the laws and rules about these things, what are their rights, and he realized there isn't really one book where it's all in one place. So he decided to take his expertise from his career working as a prosecutor as well as his certification as a sexual violence prevention instructor and his experience working with teenagers, families, and schools and to write this book. What They Don't Teach Teens. Really excited to discuss all of these great issues with Jonathan today. So we got an interesting topic today, and I've been reading your book here the last couple days, What They Don't Teach Teens, Life Safety Skills for Teens and the Adults Who Care for Them. Uh, And I've been learning some stuff in this book that I'm going to need to apply to my own life Especially, you know next time I have any run-ins with police officers, law enforcement, the judicial system, and there's a few things in this book making me think about my digital life as well, so really interested to talk about all that and more, can you just walk me through what kind of led you to putting all these things together and writing this book? yeah, I'd be happy to
1: Andy um. So basically, you know, this this journey of mine started over five years ago. I've been married for 20 years to my wonderful wife, Lisa. We have three sons. And about five years ago, we were watching TV, really almost out of the blue. She says to me, you know, we got to teach our older sons about sexual consent. And I agreed it was time. And I reflected on what my mom taught me. I'm 49. So when I was a young person, you know, no means no. And that's, not even close to what the standard is today it's woefully inadequate there are lots of reasons why someone may not say no but not want the sexual activity so it got me thinking okay what else do do i need to teach my sons what else is their school very unlikely to teach them either because they don't know it or they don't have the time and my and i so I, i wrote down a list and it was really long, you know. Police interactions, their rights, digital footprint. What is sexual harassment? What does that mean? What acts constitute sexual harassment? Street safety, you know, sex extortion, um, cyberbullying. The list was long, and so I started searching for a book. I thought, you know, I'm not the only parent who wants their kids to learn this information. There has to be a single source that has the, you know, the information that so many of us uh, want to to have at our fingertips. And I looked everywhere and I found nothing. So as a, as my background is as a veteran prosecutor for the city of LA, I teach sexual violence prevention. I was a troubled teen. My (laughs) wife said to me, she said, Hey, bud, you're up. Uh, Why don't you write the book? that you're looking for yeah. and I said yes and five years later it really I mean it took me five years because wow. you know I'm a very involved father I'm, I'm an involved husband and I ha- I have a career as a prosecutor yeah and October 6th uh yesterday the book was published and it's been you know it's gotten great reviews and hearing great things from people and uh, so it's very exciting it's got some nice illustrations
0: it's really nicely uh put together with everything in a really nice way,
1: I think. You know, it's interesting. uh, Thank you for saying that because I wanted to write the book in a way that any person of any age could pick up Mm -hmm. because although it's called What They Don't Teach Teens, it's really for tweens, teens, young adults, and in some situations, like you said, adults who want to know their rights and other information. And so one of the ways I did that was to add some ink drawings by an artist I had found just to kind of break up the material and make it more reader accessible.
0: There's a number of different topics in here that I thought were really, really important and our stuff that we haven't really talked about on the show before and you know one big one is about interactions with the police yep that's a huge one and so yeah you talking here about searches and about consensual searches and how you can tell the difference i guess uh whether a search is consensual
1: or not and you know how sometimes it's
0: really hard to tell
1: well, you know, police interactions shouldn't be complicated, but they are. And obviously, they can become a heck of a lot more complicated in some situations based on someone's race, a disability, and other factors. Mm. So, there are a lot of moving parts to police interactions. So, I've covered those in two chapters. One chapter is about your rights under the Fourth and Fifth Amendment, uh, including what you just mentioned about searches. The second chapter is about the interaction itself how to have the safest police interaction possible. And that's when, when you get stopped, uh, when you're driving in a vehicle or on foot. And before getting into the heart of your question, I will say as a prosecutor, you know, I was concerned that I would get pushback from you know, people in law enforcement because essentially I'm stripping away the veneer. I'm laying this <laughs> out for people so they can understand um, what's going on here, and, and where do the police, you know, try to find your weak spot, or what might the po- uh, police officer say to trick you? Yeah, and you're it was taking so, away their
0: Jedi mind tricks a little well, bit here, a, <laughs> a, a little bit,
1: and a little bit, and I did th- I did that for two reasons. Well, I did that because this is what I taught my own son. And why, if a prosecutor is teaching his sons this information, well, why shouldn't other people be able to teach it as well? Exactly. But I asked my law enforcement friends, I said to them, who had teenagers, I said, hey, how do you feel about me laying bare all this, you know, inside information (laughs) to my readers? And they all said the exact same thing. They said, Jonathan... What do you think I taught my son or my daughter? Uh,
0: yeah. And
1: I found that fascinating that you know they're teaching their kids the same information. Uh. So when it comes to searches, searches are tricky because, lawfully, the police can only perform under the Fourth Amendment reasonable searches. Case law has really you know narrowed down uh, what categories are reasonable and unreasonable, and I try not. Like I said, I want this book to be accessible. So I'm not there writing this as a legal scholar. I, yeah. I want to distill this information to its essence, what you just got to know and how you can implement these techniques and information in real time. Most searches are done. And here's the bottom line. Most searches are done and performed lawfully by getting consent from the person to be served. So the officer might have a search warrant, but most likely they won't. The officer, there's exigency. There's a Police can can perform certain searches if there's an emergency. So there may be an emergency, but most of the time there isn't. (laughs) There's other exceptions that the police can use to do a search without a search warrant. But most of the time, the vast majority of the time, the police are able to perform a search because you say they can. Mm. Now, when they're, quote, asking you, it may not seem like they're asking. It may seem like they're telling you. They don't and, phrase it like, "Oh, hey, uh,
0: pardon me. Uh, would it be all right with you exactly. if I uh, took a quick look in your trunk, ma'am?"
1: Exactly. They're not. They're never gonna say it like that. It's gonna be something like, "Hey, what, anything in your pockets? I need to worry about." Oh, no, no, oh, you got nothing. Okay, you don't mind if I search you, then. And then the next thing you know, they're patting you down. Mm. Um, and there's a, And look, <clears throat> I'm not criticizing. You know what po- police do because, by and large. Uh, at least in my opinion, the overwhelming majority of police officers wear the badge with honor, do their job with dignity. But we all know, we all see examples, particularly involving racial injustice, um, where police uh, brutality is real, uh, and sometimes in entire communities. And so I do talk about, you know, how you could tell an officer you're not consenting to a search. So if, if, if the officer's trying to uh, get your consent, there's language I include in the book that I suggest, it's what I've suggested to my own sons. No, it will not work every time. Certainly there are people who, who believe that no matter what they say, the police are gonna do what they're gonna do and I'm not telling them otherwise. I'm simply saying that you know it can work in some situations if the, the young person or any person says, you know, sorry officer, but I don't consent to searches. Now, you could use that, I could use that, but what I suggest my readers use who are you know, in their teens, you can probably push this into your early 20s, I don't think it will work much after that. Yeah. Sorry, officer, my parents told me that I cannot consent to searches. Mm. Now, what does that do? Um, again, in some instances, it may not do anything, but in others, it's, in, it's going to um, change how that officer may perceive you so if you say i'm not consenting to a search well now they got a wise no you can't search me (laughs) exactly get away from me copper right i mean that's never going to go well that's going to yeah exactly you're blaming it on your parents now if you blame it on your parents officer you know no disrespect my parents told me not to consent to searches is the officer just going to say okay no problem have a nice day of course (laughs) not right the officer is going to say, "What are your parents' lawyers, and what's your problem? why, why I'm just trying to talk with you. Uh, why are you giving me a hard time?" And as I form the readers, if you don't want to consent to searches, you have to repeat it. You just keep saying it. You just keep saying it. and again, I, I talk about racial injustice in the book. I yeah. talk about the, you know, the reforms we need in criminal, in the criminal justice system as a whole. I talk about police brutality, and I want to be very clear that you know these situations, you know, don't always work. But this is really important information for our young people to have. Because if you know your rights, one, they can be successfully evoked. And if your rights are not respected, by knowing them, you'll be better able after the fact to make a complaint and to know what they did wrong, to know Mm. how your rights were violated, and to hold the police accountable.
0: what about getting a ticket? So cop gives you a ticket for something that you feel like you didn't do. Do you sign the ticket?
1: Yes. As you saw there, I have a section in my book that says exactly that. You sign the ticket. It's not an admission of guilt. You're simply saying you'll appear in court. And if you refuse to sign, you can get arrested on the spot. And What's interesting, you know, one of the, the positive things of having five years to complete the book, or at least from inception to publication, is that I was able to, I do a lot of teaching on these topics. I teach at schools, I yeah. teach at private events. I, and so I was able to hear over and over some of the most common questions parents and young people ask me yep. on police interactions and everything else in the book. And so that was one of the most common questions I got, like, hey, do I sign the ticket or not? Now for me, uh, again, as a 49 year old, as a prosecutor and so on and so forth, uh, to me it was obvious, you just yeah, signed God. the ticket, you're not admitting anything. Yeah. But of course, you know, I-, I realize having spoken to so many young people and their parents, that it's not obvious. And yeah. so yes, sign the ticket, it's not an admission of guilt. I also get asked a lot about whether it's lawful to record the police in public, yes, it is lawful, but sometimes, you know, the officers themselves don't know it's lawful. Other times, even though it's it's lawful for you to do so, and they may be aware of it, they still may push back on you. We've seen those situations. Don't record me. Officer, I'm, al- I'm allowed to lawfully record you. I'm a public place. I'm not interfering with your work. Turn off the camera. You know, my suggestion to my own sons would be, if you're afraid the officer is going to hurt you, because you know they want your camera off. I would want everyone feels differently. I suppose I would want my own sons to turn off the camera. Yeah. Should they? Should the officer be allowed to do that? No. But everything in this book is about our children, my children, young people. Um, and when I say my children, I don't mean just as a parent. I'm talking about caregivers as well. Their yeah. children, the, the the young people they care for in their lives. It's about them making it home safely. It's about them making good choices. And that's the goal of the book is to give them information that they're not getting elsewhere so they can make informed decisions. Maybe they don't make good decisions. I mean, we can't control that. But at least they're informed decisions, right? Because you could have the information and make a lousy decision. Well, that's on you. But as your dad, if I give you the information and you choose not to make a wise decision, well, there's nothing more I could have done. Hey, I at least, yeah,
0: right. You had, I did all I could. Exactly. Um, yep. Yeah. And actually, you know, hey, maybe that's not bad to make a couple of mistakes and learn from those and say, okay, actually, well, man,
1: maybe I should have listened to Dad. <laughs> well, well, you absolutely well, it's interesting because I talk about in the police chapters about some of my own police interactions because as I mentioned, I was a troubled teen. Yeah. I should not have lived through my teen years. I made I was a good kid who got pivoted off path. And I just made countless mistakes. So I talk about my own arrest. I was arrested for a nonviolent offense when I was 16. It was a property crime. The police had their guns on me, you know, they thought I had done something more than I did. And I talk about in the book that there are many, many people, particularly those of color, who I described the night of my arrest, if they were in that situation, they may have been shot. And who am I to tell them otherwise? You know, you just don't know what's going to happen in real time in any of these situations. but when i when I talk about my own troubles as a team, I also mention, as it relates to your digital footprint and digital safety, can, smartphone cameras. That I got do-overs because the stuff mm-hmm. I did that I shouldn't have been doing, there's no there's no um, emails about it. Yeah. Um, there's no photos because we didn't carry around digital cameras with us. You know, we didn't no. pel- carry around cameras because there were Polaroids and they were giant and they were expensive. So, you know, there it's harder for young people to get do-overs today. Yeah, and there's just right. there's a lot of accountability. And it's it's unfortunate because, like you mentioned. Teens, this is, we all make mistakes, but this is the time in your life where, you know, you got to test the waters a little bit. You're going to make perhaps more mistakes, more significant mistakes than at other times in in your life. But unfortunately, you know, some of those mistakes are harder to recover from than, you know, when I was coming up.
0: Here's another question that I thought was really interesting. Can you walk away when the police are questioning you or talking to you? I mean, if they haven't arrested you yet, could you just uh, stop answering their questions and just turn around and walk away?
1: That's a great question. And um, it's it's. before I answer it, let me just say that I understand why many, many people don't know the answer to these questions. But it always astonishes me that we haven't taught this to people in school. Yeah. I mean, these are—they're right. You know it, all it, of this. So this is kindergarten. Like you should right. test it on this, so you know your exactly f- fundamental rights as a citizen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's astonishing to me because math classes and yeah, a, right. like a hundred math tests every year, and science, and <laughs> all those topics are important, but. Sure. Yeah. How about your rights? Um, so, yes, uh, in some situations you can walk away from the police, but you should always ask. You know, there, there's more nuances to this and, the you know, readers who are really interested can dig into the book and get get, you know, more of the meat. But essentially, if the officer reasonably suspects you've committed a crime, they can detain you for a certain amount of time. Uh, while they figure out you know or conduct a criminal investigation okay but if you aren't detained so basically the officers just chit-chatting with you they don't have a reason objectively that they can stop and investigate you but what they're going to do in some instances is they're going to chat you up it's called a consensual encounter yeah and then that may evolve into a detention based on what you say, based on what you do, based on what they see or observe while they reveal anything or if they can see anything in the backseat of your car as you're kind of Exactly. So, well, let me just say, you don't know in most instances whether you're being detained for an investigation or not. Okay. You're not going to know because the officer presents in the same way to you. Exactly. Exactly it presents in the same way to you. So if you're not, if you don't wanna carry on a conversation with a police officer, but you're not sure if you're being investigated, you're not sure if this is consensual, you simply ask a question, officer, am I free to go or am I being detained? Now, it is unlikely that you're gonna get, you might, but it's unlikely you're gonna get a clear answer to your question the first time you ask. If you say to an officer, officer, Am I free to go or am I being detained? You're probably going to get. Why do you want to go? What are you hiding? What's your rush? I'm just having a conversation with you, and you'll have to repeat again. uh, Officer, am I free to go or am I being detained? You can go onto YouTube and watch videos of people, you know, recording their police interactions. And sometimes on the first uh, their first attempt, um, they get an answer. You're free to go. Yeah. But more often, you know, they gotta ask repeatedly wow. until the officers will say yes you're free to go or no you're being detained I'm investigating you for this crime but again this is how it should go and I'm not saying we'll always go this way and, yeah. and and again when it comes to you know racial injustice when we talk about you know people who are disabled who suffer also greater uh, police brutality you know anything can happen in those yeah. situations and things aren't always going to go as they should or how we want them to.
0: So, I mean, that strikes me as a lot of social pressure to be dealing with as a teenager, to have a, you know, intimidating police officer who's, um, you know, questioning you, um, and to like assert yourself like that, you know, repeatedly is not easy. You know, I guess how do we prepare our kids for that pushback that you're saying they're going to get from the, from the cops or how do we, you know, give them the strength to kind of, uh, you know, stand firm in the face of that.
1: Right. Well, it's really hard. I mean, it, it, it's hard for adults to do. Uh, it's obviously even harder for young people. It's even harder for young people of color. Yeah. So, uh, young people who are, you know, are LGBTQ, uh, all may also be of color as well. So these, these things can overlap. Yeah. And so it's not, um, it, it's not always going to be easy. It's intimidating. And so I think that the starting point for all of this is one, do the right thing. You are way less likely, not guaranteed, but you are way less likely to, to come into the crosshairs of the police if you are following the law. Of course, yeah. that's not a guarantee. But it's what I've told my own sons. You know, if if you don't do stupid things, if you yeah. don't do things that are illegal, it's less likely you're going to have to come, you know, face to face with the police. But you know what I've also explained to my sons is, if you understand your rights, when you have that inevitable police interaction, you should be able to stay calmer. You know the rules mm-hmm. of engagement. You yep. know what they're allowed to do. You know what they're not allowed to do. Be respectful. They deserve your respect, and, and I, re- I honestly believe that. I think police do deserve your respect. But I say to my to one of my sons because I'm I'm not sure how much one of my sons does respect the police, and so I say to him, I said, look, uh, uh, I don't know how much you respect the police or if you respect the police, but it's in your best interest to treat them with respect. Yeah. There's you know, it, it's not going to hurt you if you're respectful. Um, it shouldn't hurt you if you're disrespectful, but you know these things happen, yeah. and it's interesting because um, about a year ago, six months, nine months ago, you know, time, especially you know post COVID, it's yeah. it all blends together, and you know it's like Groundhog Day in a lot of ways. Um, but I was driving with one of my sons, and I got pulled over, and I, I you uh, know, I have confidential yeah. plates, so by the time the officer gets to my window, I you know, he or she is going to say, okay, are you a prosecutor? Are you an officer? Because I ran your plates and nothing comes up. But before, so I get pulled over. It was a good stop. I, I violated a uh, traffic law. No yeah, problem. Okay. And, you know, I, I wait, I don't reach for anything. No one should reach for anything until the officer gets to your window. You don't want to be reaching for your license registration when the officer's approaching. You yeah. keep your hands on the wheel. He approaches. I roll down the window before he, the officer can say anything to me one of my sons starts yelling at him i just about died Whoa. and um it was it was terrifying for me because i thought you know if i weren't here and you know you were driving and mm. you mouthed off to this officer i'm not saying the officer would do anything unlawful towards you but it's never a good thing to get an officer mad at you because you're yeah, being disrespectful. Why would you want to piss off this right. person it, it, ha- it, has it, so much power over you? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It just, it's, just a, it's just a bad idea in every nah, way. That's smart, yeah. And so it was it was interesting because the moment my son started talking, the officer and I simultaneously told him to be quiet. <laughs> <It> had nothing <laughs> Had nothing to do with him. Mind your own business. And so, but anyway... It, there's, it's complicated and, and, you know, it's emotional. And, yeah. and so, but I, I do want to say, again, I, I know policing, in, in, particularly in certain communities, it, it, it needs to be fixed. We need reform and criminal justice. But I do believe the overwhelming majority of officers have their hearts in the right place. And it is some bad apples who, who are, you know, doing these things that we see on TV all the time.
0: We're here with Jonathan Cristal talking about his book, What They Don't Teach Teens, Life Safety Skills for Teens and the Adults Who Care for Them. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show.
1: They were a little concerned about the unsettling nature of some of these topics, but it actually gave them greater confidence knowing that in the very unlikely event that some of these things happen, they'll be better equipped to handle it. Every expert in law enforcement, security consultants, and prosecutors who are familiar with with this information all say the same thing. You never go. You always fight it out. Um, If you go, there's going to be two crime scenes. One, where the person uh, took you, and two, wherever it is they performed the criminal act that they want to perform but they can't do it at Away that place from, of contact yeah, right exactly. they, it, so uh, you know so to say you know if you come with me i won't hurt you i mean that's you know what's the likelihood of that <laughs> right. not very good
0: want to hear the full interview sign up for a subscription today You get unlimited access to all the interviews I've conducted. It's completely affordable and your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.